This is Dr. X.H. Balthazar. I am broadcasting once again to present my findings from the world of the uncanny. There are no new updates from my previous transmission regarding Slaughterhouse Canyon. Geologists have been employed by leaders of the historical society in order to uncover the reasons why echoes seem to travel in a circular motion back to the origin of the source. This week, I have a frightening tale for you all. I have been contacted by a listener of my transmissions who has quite the story to tell. He asked me to meet him in his hometown, but shall remain confidential due to his wishes. There, I met a man who began to describe to me a local legend of his town that many people have not heard before. To be brief, the story describes Charlie, a teenager at the time, who had an incident in a banned section of the town's forest. There are laws written into their constitution prohibiting anyone from entering the forest. There is also a curfew. If people are found to be outside their homes later, they will be imprisoned immediately and face up to a few thousand dollars in fines. It's quite the harsh punishment. There are citizens who can attest to the legitimacy of this implementation. Citizens like Charlie. I shall play the interview for you now. I've edited the tape to make sure that all of the specific information regarding place and persons are blurred from the record. I'm sitting here with in The time is noon on November 13th, 1956. Where do you want me to begin? With the history of the legislature. Okay. Growing up here, a lot of the older townspeople have always talked about the horrors of the night. My mother would always say to me, Nothing good happens after sunset. Has your family always lived in this town? It's the only place they've known. I myself was able to break free from the hold of this place, but found myself drawn back. I don't know if it was fate or something in my blood, but I'm here for good, whether I like it or not. I see. What are you going to do, right? Well, when I was a kid, I hated it here. I couldn't wait to get out. I rebelled against anything my parents said to me and the rules that this town seemed to force on us. Many kids feel the same way, but few went against the law regarding the curfew. I think many kids knew that it was a massive fine to their families and didn't want to see the future work be indebted to the town. How did you feel? I thought it was bullshit. <laughs> I thought everyone was full of shit and these rules were pointless and ancient. I really wanted to see them try and tax my family. I wasn't one to back down from a dictatorship, regardless of how it would affect those around me. How did you fight back? Well, I never listened to the curfew. When I was allowed to move about freely from my parents' grip, I tended to stay out later, till the stars were out. I had never seen anything to tell me that the rules were imposed had any kind of merit to them. But I was a kid. I didn't know anything. When did you first realize that something was wrong? In order to get home from school from the town center, I had to cross through the band area, the Black Forest. Did you come through on I-87? I believe so. Then you saw them. I probably understand why they're named that way. 
Something in the soil of that area makes the trees grow with that pitch black bark. Not too sure why, like I said, the black forest is a no-go zone. If you're caught in there, you're locked away and the keys to your cell are lost. You do not go through those woods. Being a punk teenager, I walked through there every day. That was my protest. And it was just faster to go through those woods than to bike along the highway. It was like a couple of miles if I had to go along the pavement. I thought it was stupid not to go through there. Did your parents have anything to say about this? I made sure to time my travel so my parents weren't aware of my usual routine. I'd spend some time outside walking around the surrounding neighborhoods before I headed home. I would also walk home with friends who live closer to the road, so I might spend some time at their places in order to pass the time. The thing is with the black forest, it's silent. There's no chirping of birds or crickets. It's like a dead zone. Is there a reason for this? Not a natural one. What do you mean? Well, the trees don't bear any fruit. They don't sprout any leaves. There's no way that something could be living in there. When I walked through, I would sometimes see birds in the branches. That was very rare. I would imagine they travel to a more nutritious environment close by. You're probably right. But if you walk through the forest, I highly recommend you don't. You'll notice a lot of broken branches on the floor. You'll be thinking to yourself, what did this? Something must live here, right? The answer to those questions is the reason for all the paranoia in this town. It's an old, old legend that has refused to be named by any reasonable person. (sighs) I'm guessing you ran into this creature. Well... One day, my friend and I were walking home from town. It was a weekend, and we had ridden our bikes in to hang out at the diner with our friends. The shops were closing up, and the people were hurrying to get home. It was almost sunset. I laughed at them as my buddy and I made our way to the path we'd created within the forest. We walked towards the highway on our way home. I didn't feel like biking, and there were patrols all throughout the night. We decided to hide out in the woods as each patrol car came by. It was easy at first, and we started getting closer to the forest. There was more cars positioned around the different bends and mile markers. We had to weave our way through the trees and bushes in order not to be seen. We realized as we made our way to the entrance this would be our first night in the forest. It made our rebellion that much more exhilarating. What's the reason for the cop cars to be stationed there? I thought people needed to be inside. They're there to make sure of that. There's a large symbol that the police display on their badges and the hoods of their cars. It's to help protect them. I'll show you some of the talismans if you're interested. Yes, but continue your story. So, we made our way around the patrols and blockades and found ourselves at the entrance of the Black Forest. The sun was already down and there were a few moments left before it was going to be total darkness. My buddy looked a little hesitant to enter, but... After I told him we were already going to be in trouble for being out past sundown, he walked right in. I didn't bring a torch with us because we were being dumb kids, so we had to wait a little for our eyes to adjust to the darkness. Now, like I've said before, there isn't a lot of wildlife in this forest. It's dead silent. The moment the sky turned black, it sounded like the trees were moving. The noises we heard were unnatural, but it made our bones chill. 
There were these groans and clicks that made it seem like the trees were bending down to inspect us. It was pretty damn terrifying. That was before we heard it coming for us. Is this the creature that lives in the forest? Mm-hmm. We didn't know it at the time, but it was watching us. We heard it when we were about midway through our journey in the forest. The first sound was the snapping of a branch. It was from high up in the trees and we couldn't see anything really clearly because of the darkness. We had to move carefully because it was like walking through a void. The trees blended in with the night. But once we heard that snap, we froze. I mean, I couldn't even move my legs. My body couldn't either. We waited to see if we could hear anything else. But all we could hear were those groans. Then we heard a growl. What did you do? I just took off. It was now every man for himself. I moved as quick as I could through that damn forest. I kept getting hit in the face with branches, and I lost my footing. But I kept on my journey. My buddy, I could hear him behind me, was keeping up at the same pace. We could also hear those branches that were snapping as this thing moved through the trees towards us. At a certain point, my buddy was moving ahead of me, and I was the one following behind, but... I saw the thing drop down and pick up my friend. Can you describe it? It dropped down kind of like a monkey. It stood on its two legs and had arms, but I couldn't really see because it covered in long black hair from head to toe. There's no shape to the creature. It's like Cousin It from the Adams Family. You've seen that show, right? I've caught it once or twice. Well, this thing looks like Cousin It, but with large red eyes. Red eyes? It was the only thing I saw after I made it through the woods. Once I got past the tree line, I looked back to make sure it wasn't coming after me, and I looked up and saw the two red beads shining at me. They didn't move, but I knew they were watching me. I could feel it. It was when the police arrived, and the thing disappeared. I was taken to the precinct and was sentenced to a few months in prison before I was let back into town. It was after that that I left the town. I can understand. Yeah, people were calling me a murderer and other nasty things. Some still do if they remember, but I try and keep my head down for most of the time. I've been really isolated since that day from everyone here. Well, I'm glad you contacted me. Yeah, it feels good to get it off my chest. To someone who doesn't want to see me dead. After my meeting with Charlie... He took me down to his home, which was situated right on the edge of the black forest of his town. I asked him why he lived so close to this place. He said when he moved back to the town, the only place the townsfolk would allow him to stay was right here. They did not allow him to live anywhere else. The severity of this punishment is only a single incident to represent the town's strict rulemaking regarding the black forest. There have been other incidents, Charlie told me, that make him seem like a slap on the wrist. A few years ago, three young boys had decided to make the foolish mistake of entering the forest like Charlie and his friend. All three made it out alive, with the creature high on their tails. But they had led the thing out of the forest. That night, a family that lived in the same parish as the three young men were attacked. Only the father survived the assault. He lost an eye, but was otherwise unscathed. The three young men were sentenced to hang in the middle of the town square. Much like a medieval execution, 
The entire town was there with fiery excitement. The father was the one to pull the lever. This kind of warning makes it incredibly difficult for a stranger like me to try and investigate the creature for the purpose of science. Charlie tried to convince me not to enter the tree line, but I kept insisting. I wanted to understand what this creature was and how it had lived in this town for so long. Charlie finally gave in to me and gave a few talismans he had showed me that would at least halt the creature. I spent a night in the forest, and I wished I hadn't. At least I wish I had brought more protection. Upon my first paces within the forest floor, I noticed the piles of broken branches. They were spaced in four to six foot intervals. There were claw marks on the bark that showed me where the creature had gripped it as he had jumped from tree to tree. These were the branches which got me thinking about Charlie's story. Something powerful enough to grab a young man off the ground must be quite muscular, which would make it quite heavy. How would something be able to live up in the trees for that long? Well, I found out later that night. I made camp after walking in circles following the piles of wood. There was a clearing in the middle. I made sure the talismans given to me by Charlie were on display as the night began to overcome the day. I waited and listened to see if I could hear any sounds of the creature approaching through the crackles of the burning wood. I heard the groans and the cracks that Charlie had mentioned. It really did sound like the trees were alive, but nothing that made it seem something was coming for me. The first contact was made just a few minutes after the sky had turned pitch black. I didn't hear the creature coming. Somehow it had been able to remain quiet, as if it wanted to inspect me. However, I noticed two large red orbs staring at me through the darkness. They bounced in unison as the beast made its way towards me. My shock was indescribable as I saw the full figure of this creature. It was hunched over. At least that's what I assumed it to be. Like Charlie mentioned, it was covered in long strands of black hair. Its red eyes disappeared as it entered the fire's light. I caught a glimpse of its massive legs as it began to circle around my fire, watching me. I saw that it had three digits on each of its feet. It was similar in structure to that of a great ape's foot, but it had almost a reptilian appearance. Its arms remained hidden by its hair. I kept the talisman wrapped around my neck on display. It seemed to keep the creature at bay, but it wasn't going anywhere. After circling around my fire for a few eternal moments, the creature sank down onto its hind legs like an umpire. It sat at the edge of my camp and just watched me. It made no sounds. It didn't move once, much like me. I offered it some of my food by throwing it near its feet. It didn't grab it. It just sat on its legs, watching me. And that's all we did till the sun began to rise. We stared at one another, waiting for the other to break. Just before the sun could rise over the horizon, the creature stood up and moved back into the forest. 
I could hear its claws scratching the tree bark as it climbed and jumped from tree to tree, branch to branch. When the first rays of the sun found their way through the trees, I immediately broke down my camp and made my way out of the forest. Before I left, I went over to the spot where the creature had squatted. There were two footprints that I took photos of and some hair that seemed to have fallen off it. I collected these two pieces of evidence and found my way out back onto Charlie's property. I returned the talismans after I marked what they were and left Charlie. Once I made it back home, I radioed the organization and told them of my discoveries. They've already assembled a team and made arrangements with the town leadership after many arguments and financial negotiations to set up a camp within the forest. That is all for this broadcast, and I can assure you there will be an update from the team stationed within the Black Forest by the next transmission. Until then, goodbye and good night. Fear Frequency was written by Danny Fossetta and created by Kristen Verbitsky. Produced by Adam Hineker. Voiced by Mallory Bryant, Tate Winston, and Andrew Steiner.